wanted to start by asking a question. How many of you went to take a bite of something thinking that it was one thing, and then after you took a bite realized that it was something completely different? Yeah? I think we've all done that before, and, and there's, a, there's almost a sense of shock of what you have just put into your mouth. And, and so uh, I want to tell you a little bit of a story. Um, I, was, I was at a nice restaurant. Um, this was a meal that I had been looking forward to for weeks. Uh, I had a nice steak dinner. Um, had, you know, loaded baked potato, and this was a great meal that I was looking forward to. And like a lot of meals that you get at a restaurant, they give you a salad to start off. Now, most of the time, I never order a salad. A salad just kind of comes with the meal that you have, and so uh, I, I'm never one to really seek out salad. But when, if it's placed down in front of me, sure, I'll eat it. You know, why not? It's, it's, it's there. And so if it's there, I'll eat it. And uh, the problem was with this particular situation is, is that they gave me the salad, and then they gave me these little containers off to the side of the salad. And it was labeled ranch. And so I like ranch. It's, it's my favorite dressing, and so I emptied that onto my salad, and I, I, I took a bite, and I very quickly became aware that what I put on my salad was not ranch dressing, but instead it was horseradish. <laughs> now, I think the horseradish was to, was to come later on in the meal, but at that moment, I was not looking for horseradish. And the thing is, is I, I, know, I don't have a problem with horseradish. I'll put it on anything. But at that moment in time, uh, horseradish had very little value in, in the context of what I was trying to accomplish. I was looking to have salad. And now, because of something that was mislabeled, I now not only uh, ruined the, the later part of the meal, but I ruined that, part, I ruined that salad as well. And so if I want to talk to you today about labels, and I think that in our culture today, we get labels that are assigned to us every day. We have labels that are assigned to us by the world around us, by our family members, by our friends, by our status at work. And then a lot of times these labels, while appropriate in the temporary, in the context of eternity, mean very little. And if we focus our, our lives and get our identities from some of these labels that have no uh, uh, value to us in the context of eternity, and we base our identity on that, it is likely that we will miss out on the life that God has for us, and we will not be as effective in accomplishing what he has called us to do. So I want to talk to you and introduce you today uh, the label eraser and the label maker. The label eraser and the label maker. Will you turn with me to Galatians chapter 3? Galatians chapter 3, starting at verse 26. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, 
There is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. So you see in this passage, we have a series of labels that Paul talks about. Some of these are good labels, like male or female. You know, those are good things. And then we have some bad labels, like slave. And, and free, I guess, is not a bad thing, but we have no, I, don't, I don't know anyone who wants to be a slave. And so we look at these labels, and these are labels that Paul talks about saying, these are things that are no longer valuable. These are things that we no longer derive our identity. When we are in Christ, we don't look like it. We don't look for, is there males or females? We, we see followers of Jesus, amen? And so there are labels that Jesus erases in our lives because they hold no value in the context of eternity. And so some of these good labels that are given to us are things like successful, beautiful, strong, educated. These are labels that we sometimes attach to people, and sometimes we want to be identified as these things. We strive so that people think that we are successful. We strive to make people think that we are strong. And so a lot of times, labels are given to us, and sometimes these are labels we want to put on ourselves, but in the context of eternity, they simply do not hold weight. And so when we take a look at these labels that are good, that we want to be given to us, uh, these are things that Jesus wants to take away. Why? Because these are things that we take confidence in. These are things that we depend on. And at the end of the day, what Jesus is looking for is to not belittle us or to not make us small, but for us to realize our need for him. The Bible talks about how there is not one person that is righteous, not one, and that our works are like filthy rags. It's not that they don't have value here, but when we, when we are talking about eternity, they simply don't hold up. And so what, what Jesus wants to do is, is erase these labels of misidentity so that we can finally put our faith and trust in the only label that matters in eternity, which is being a follower of Christ. So today, we have this opportunity to either hold on to some of these labels that mean something here on this earth, or we can allow Jesus to erase them so that he can give us the only label that matters. Today, it might be the day for you to stop putting your confidence in yourself, stop putting your confidence in your family, stop putting your confidence in your job, all of which are good things, but there might be something that is greater for you today, and that is having the label of being a follower of Jesus Christ. I once was a football player. <clears throat> I don't, I'm not getting emotional. Um, I just apparently swallowed wrong. <coughs> it's, a good, it's a good important thing when you are speaking that, you know, you take a breath every now and then and not, you know, get choked up. But anyways, um, I was once a football player. And in my senior year in high school, I was a captain of the football team. I, I led a team, and, and they went... They went to the sectional finals, and we became sectional champs. And, and 
at that moment, that was pretty significant, right? That was something that was worth cheering about. But would it look odd if I were to go up to somebody today and say, hi, my name is Jeff. I'm the former captain of the Jordan Elbridge Eagles football team. We were sectional champs. Wouldn't that seem silly? Because in the context of right now, it makes absolutely zero difference on what my accomplishments were back then. But I think that there are times that we hold on to some of our accomplishments thinking that we're going to get to heaven and we have God who has lived for all of eternity and will continue to live for all of eternity. And we go up to him and said, hey God, remember that time I got the promotion at work and everyone said I did a good job? It would be silly to think that God would be impressed with that. Not that he doesn't care about it, but in the context of you being in heaven with all the glory that is there and you being in eternity with Jesus Christ, it simply doesn't matter whether or not you got the raise or not. It doesn't matter if people thought that you were smart. All that matters at that moment is is that you're with Jesus, celebrating with him for all of eternity. There are labels that he needs to erase in our lives. These are labels that we go to Jesus with. There are negative things that are given to us as well. Labels like undocumented, unsuccessful, loser, dumb, sinner. All of these things are labels that at one point or another can fit to us and get stuck to us. And the unfortunate part is is that we have these labels that are stuck to us and it gives us shame. It gives us reason to feel condemned. Why? Because it's rightfully so. It's it's, It's normal for us to feel shame about some of our failures in life. But the thing is is that Jesus goes, comes to us, and while we were sinners, he still died for us. That he takes our sins and casts them as far as the east is from the west. I don't know if that's east or west, or if, but he casts them as far as the east is from the west and remembers them no more. So not only does he take the accomplishments that don't matter in eternity and erases them, but he erases all of the negative things that stick to us as well. I, I, I look at it this way, is, is that we have, you, you ever see those, my, my name is, labels that are on there? And we have all of these labels that are stuck on us. And we have these negative things. And so what we try to do is we try to take one of the good things, our successes, our accomplishments, and we try to take it off and we try to place it on top of something that is negative. We try to hide, we try to mask some of our weaknesses and try to prop ourselves up as more important than we really are. And all the while Jesus is looking down, you're spending so much time hiding, you're spending so much time trying to fool people that at the end of the day, if you come to me, not only will people, you will not be recognized, you will not have that identity anymore, but I will completely rip that label off as if it had never been there before. So there are things that right now, instead of hiding, would you consider coming to Jesus and allowing him to erase that label for you? You no longer have to have that identity 
of being a sinner, being a failure, being a liar, being a cheat. You can come to Jesus and have that erased so that you can finally live the life that God has called you to be, a life of confidence and a life that is walking towards the goal that he has for you. The Bible says that we were once alienated, alienated from God, enemies of God. Before Christ, that was our identity. But Jesus came, and he came under the law, lived a perfect life under the law, and not only did he live a perfect life, he also bore the punishment as if he broke the law. And he did that on our behalf because we broke the law. We deserved a consequence. We committed a crime. We deserved a punishment. And so Jesus came and not only lived this perfect life, but he was sacrificed so that he could pay the punishment that we deserved because that was what our identity was. And since he paid that punishment, he now ripped that label apart, took it away from us, and gave us a new label a label of being a follower of Jesus Christ, and now we can put on Jesus' righteousness in our life, and we can walk into the gates of heaven with open arms and say, I, des- I belong to be here. I belong here because Christ has invited me, and he has said that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I am a child of God. This is, this is what we come to Jesus with. So what would it look like for us to stop striving for some of these labels that don't matter? What would it look like if we just simply embraced what Christ has called us to? Find our identity and what he has done for us. What would it look like for us to treat other people as children of God? Instead of looking at their accomplishments and looking at their failures and looking at all the things that we would like to place on people, what would it look like for us to look at this passion and see there is neither slave nor free, male or female, Jew or Greek? What would it look like if we just simply looked at them and said, that person is a child of God? What would it look like for others who are not followers of Christ and see Christians actually live that out instead of what they usually see on a daily basis. Christians sniping at each other, Christians backbiting, Christians betraying one another. If they actually saw the love of Christ being lived out, the Bible says that they will know the love of God, or they will know Christ because of the way you show love for one another. Is it, is it possible today that we allow Jesus to erase these labels so that not only we can live the life that God has called us to be, that so that others who are outside of Christ right now can see the love of God, can see Jesus for who he really is, and so that we can move forward into, and so that they can come to Jesus Christ in a saving, uh, in a saving knowledge. If that was the end of the story, that would be pretty cool, right? Jesus erasing the things that don't matter, getting rid of our failures, that would be great, right? But the thing is, is that if he left it there, as soon as he ripped those labels away and did nothing else, then we would still continue to strive to, be, to find identity somewhere. So that's not the end of the story. 
The good news is that not only does he take these labels away, that there's labels that he erases, but there's also labels that he makes for us. There are labels that he makes for us. Verse 26 calls us sons of God or children of God. That is a great label, isn't it? Where before we were alienated, enemies of God, and Jesus, and Jesus came and said, I don't want you to be my enemy anymore. I want you to be my friend. I want you to be a part of my family. I want to adopt you so that you are children of God. And I think that there are times where we need to take on that identity as children of the Most High God so that the world around us knows that there is hope. There are things out there that are very discouraging, things that we can focus on so easily, and here we are, we have this great news to share and this great news to live, but we find ourselves taking on these other identities and not showing Jesus Christ for who he really is. Christ has given us this label, the children of God. What would it look like for us to live that out? where people can see the children of God. Would you jump with me to verse 21 of the same chapter of Galatians chapter 3? Galatians 3, verse 21. Before Christ, we, were, we, are, we have an identity that is found in something completely different, and it's, found, and it's in these verses that I'm, I'm about to read. Verse 21, it says, Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not, for if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed by, be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise of, by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So what does this passage mean? It means that for a while, before you came to Christ, the only thing that could give you the identity was the law of God given in the Old Testament. The list of rules that God gave us to basically identify whether or not you were committing sin or whether you were living a righteous life. And the Bible says that even though we were given very specific instructions of what to do and what not to do, and the fact that we had many, many years to get it right, humanity over and over and over and over again got it wrong. And so our identity was found in, not in the fact that we did all these good things, but the fact that we couldn't keep the law. So we had this identity of we cannot fulfill God's righteous commands, therefore we are sinners. And that's why it says if the law could give us righteousness, then we would live under the law. But because we couldn't live under the law, that's why Jesus came. He came so that we could have life and life more abundantly, and it is a free gift that God gives us so that we cannot take credit for it. We can't take credit for it. We are unable to take credit for it because we can't live the life according to the law. And so we have this identity that is under the law, and Romans 5.20 says that the law was given so that it, so that it could show 
not only what the law was, not only what sin was, so that, so that God would not be called unjust, but so, so that we can so that it could be said that we actually had the law in front of us, we knew what to do, but it also highlighted the fact that we needed a Savior. We needed somebody to come along and give us a new identity because when we tried, we failed to give an identity that could give us life. There's a, there's a passage there, at the, uh, at, or there's a verse at the very end of that passage, verse 25, but now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. That word guardian meant something in that culture. Today, you're kind of like, what does that mean, a guardian? You know, you just, is, what does that mean? In that, in that culture, a guardian was a servant in the family. Someone who was there to basically look after the things of the household. And you know, the guardian also came into play with the children and them getting an education. And so the guardian would come along and basically keep the children in line so that they can learn the things that they were supposed to learn. And so there was not necessarily this intimate relationship. It wasn't necessarily a loving relationship, but it was one that was basically, this will tide you over until I can hand you back over to your parents. And so the law was this thing that was impersonal. It was this thing that kind of let you know, this is what you're supposed to do. But there was no life-giving to it. There was nothing that, that, there was, nothing that was loving or, or warm or intimate or where you could connect with another human being. And so with this, we are no longer under the law, but we are under faith in Jesus Christ. And that's because Jesus Christ has come so that we could have relationship with him. And not only can we have relationship with him, he will begin to empower us and teach us this is the way you can go in a way that the law could never do. We have, we have, a, law, uh, we have a label that has been given us, to us today that, that, that gives us life, that gives us hope. So what can we, so what can we do uh, in response to this? If God erases our labels and he makes us a label that says that we are children of God, we can walk with confidence, right? We can walk with a sense of boldness because Christ has called us to something that is greater and we can rest on something that he has secured for us, not in something that we have earned on our own. We can also walk around with a sense of humility because at the end of the day, we realize that there's really nothing that we can take pride in. Sure, we can, we can take pride in some of the temporary things where we did a job well done. But to make our identity in those things doesn't really make much sense. Because at the end of the day, Jesus Christ and his identity that he gives us is the only thing that lasts for all of eternity. We can walk around with a sense of confidence we don't have to walk around with our heads down. We don't have to walk around wondering if we're okay or not. The fact is, is we're not okay, but because of what Jesus did, he makes us okay. We talked about the label that he erases, that we talk about the labels that he makes for us. Let's talk about Jesus, the label maker. Jesus, the label maker. Verse 27 talks about us being baptized in Christ. 
This seems very appropriate today considering that we witnessed a water baptism. And so with today, when we saw the water baptism, we saw Bianca go under the water. And that symbolizes her being, uh, uh, her uh, dying to her past life and dying to sin and dying to failure and dying to this way of trying to live a, a self-righteous life on her own. And so she's saying goodbye to her old identity and when she's being raised out of the water, it is symbolic of the new life that we have in Jesus Christ that just as he was dead, he was ro- risen again. And so now we have new life in Jesus Christ because uh, in Jesus Christ, because of his death and because of his resurrection. Uh, if, uh, verse 29 talks about the promise that we have. Some of us uh, need a reminder on a daily basis of the promise that we have in Jesus Christ. The promise that he has given us that it cannot be easily that, that cannot be taken away, that cannot be removed. This promise that God himself has given us. And today, we are about to take, play, we're about to take communion together and remind ourselves once again of what Jesus has done for us. So if I can have our teams prepare uh, to serve communion, we'll get, we'll get started with that. Today... I don't know if you are a believer in Jesus Christ or not. But can I give you some encouragement today that whether you are a follower of Jesus Christ or not, Jesus is still calling out to you. Jesus is still speaking to your heart. And so today might be the day that you are considering the idea that maybe these are the, the labels that you have on you, the identity that you have built up for yourself, the identity that you thought you had that meant something, maybe doesn't mean as much as you thought it did. Maybe it's time for you to take on this new identity of being uh, a child of the Most High God. So before, we, before our ushers go and distribute the elements of communion, could I have you bow your heads for just a moment? Because I want, I want us to have this moment that we can all take communion together because we're children of God. And if you're not a child of God, this might be the time for you to make that decision. So with that, with your heads down and your eyes closed, I'm going to look around the room and if you, if you want to give your heart to Christ, if today is the day that you decide that your identity is going to be found in Jesus Christ and nothing else, I would like to agree with you. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to call you out and draw attention to you. But I want to give an opportunity for you to respond. And I will simply agree with you and say, yes, I am happy that you've made this decision. So I'm going to look around the room. And if you want to make that decision, Will you just keep, will you just lift your head up, make eye contact with me, and, and, and I will agree with you in prayer. So as I look around the room, if you're willing to make this decision, if you want to have this new identity in Jesus Christ, just lift up your head, Oh, look, make eye contact with me. Yes, I agree with you. Yes, I agree with you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Today is your day of having a new identity in Jesus Christ.
God, we thank you for these two souls that have decided that they want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. They want to be children of the Most High God. So Lord, I pray today that as they turn from their sin, as they repent from their unrighteousness and they recognize a need for a Savior, that you would direct them into the right path, that you would begin to give them the right steps forward. We thank you, God, that you have called to them. We thank you that they have responded. And so we celebrate today because this, what we are about to do, communion is, is, is reminding us of the life that we have in Jesus Christ. So we thank you, Lord, that there are now two souls that are going to be joining with us in communion that will have this ability to celebrate the life and the death of Jesus Christ and his soon coming. We thank you, God. We thank you for this. We're going to have our we're going to have our ushers to begin to distribute the elements. The worship team is going to sing a song. And so let's celebrate today what Jesus Christ has done for us. Amen.